never worried that you might be the cool kid You wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream Always so generic, more normal than your friends Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears There's no need to panic if you lend us your ears Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd Oh, Ken, it's Ken, it's all It's Wednesday, you know what that means. It's time for a new episode of the It's Canon Podcast. The podcast where we talk about all things geek. The podcast where we talk about all things pop culture. The podcast where we talk about anything and everything. Because as the title says, it's the It's Canon Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Phil. Hello, hello. How's it going, Mr. Boris and everybody out there in podcast land? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. So, what are we going to talk about today? Well, it's the midweek episode, and I've been thinking about this for a little while, Phil. And I think, you know, every week I ask you what's new, what's going on, and we end up having like a 30-45 minute conversation. And sometimes we get into spoiler territory. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I think we're going to keep the Sunday episode as kind of like a general news episode. And then... Our Wednesday episode is going to be our TV review episode focusing on one show. So when there's a, you know, an an MCU show, it'll probably be the MCU show. And right now, it's the Star Wars show. (laughs) I like the sounds of that. I I know you briefly mentioned it in passing on chat and didn't really elaborate. And I had already added 2 plus 2 equaling 4. Yeah. (laughs) And considering on the weekend, we dove right into stuff, which I thought was very natural as well. So congratulations on the the retooling, and I wholeheartedly back it and agree with that direction. Yeah, it's just one of those small things, right? Like, it... If you want to listen to this episode, you can. If you just want to listen to the news, you can. If you want to listen to like our our special topic, because we will have special topics coming. But right now, we're kind of taking a break with that because I want Tyler in on those. To be honest, I'd say half of the special topic episodes are coming from Tyler. So I want him involved. I think that it would just benefit everyone, listeners, myself, Phil, if Tyler is involved. So we've kind of been taking a break from these special topics, but they will be coming back because I know as a fact that Tyler will be back in the next few weeks. Yep, he he's on his on his way back. I know he's got his hands full. He's got a lot of life happening right now, and I, I fully support that in the sense that, uh, you know, Tyler's just a great guy and yeah, really exactly. enjoy spending time with him podcasting. So Exactly. Um, it's crazy to think that it's been six years that I've been podcasting on and off with him. Yeah, that's mind blowing to me. Because I'm like, you're like this guy that I know. Obviously, Boris and I know each other. We have a history together as friends. And there's all these secret doors that he keeps on opening. And he's like, oh, I've known all these people for X amount of time. And oh, I've known all these people. So 
It always blows me away, and I'm sure I could do the same to him too. But exactly, it's just funny because you think you know somebody. Like, okay, that's that's Boris, and then it's like, oh, geez, man, there's a magic closet that he just opened up, and he's yeah. fit a whole bunch of stuff into there. Yep. <laughs> it's also scary how segregated I kept and kind of like siloed I left my life for so many years. All the Red Patch Boys conspiracies are true. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that funny? I tried to get you to spit out that drink. I know. Oh, man, I'm tired. I'm just exhausted. It's been a crazy few weeks. Um, But let's jump into it. The other thing is this Wednesday episode, I'm going to try to keep it to like, you know, 30, 40, 45, an hour long. It's not going to be as long as the news, which typically is 90 minutes or below. We're going to try to keep this to about 45 minutes or so um, because, you know, there's only so much that you can talk about TV and reviews and what you thought about stuff. Yeah, it's a natural it's a natural time thing. So that works. But I don't know, like this being the first episode, I got to say in this format, I know that we were talking about the Bad Batch. Or the dad badge, as everyone's yeah. embracing it as. Yep. Um, it was an incredibly light episode this week, and but I'm just gonna thing. say it. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crapping on the episode. I'm just gonna say it though. I fell into a Jupiter's legacy trap that was some deep. <laughs> yep, exactly. So that's where we're gonna start. But there's a lot to talk about as it pertains to the bad batch. Yeah, the episode was light. It was very basic, but. You know, I, I think what they're doing is a fantastic job on the show. And so far, I have to say, yeah. I am absolutely loving this. Really? That's interesting to me because I wasn't sure if this was something that you were going to like, to be honest. Yep. It, it's it's a tough format for some people. There is a lot of resistance to Clone Wars over the years, the animation style and things like that. Um, but there always is for every type of animated show, I suppose. Yep. Uh but the storytelling, like, so far, it, it's okay. It's not annoying me. It's basic. Anything. Not that Star Wars ever does. Yeah. Well, it's meant to onboard kids as well as satisfy the the Star Wars geeks and the canonites and whatever else we're, we can classify ourselves as. But, you know, like, this week's episode did exactly what it was supposed to do and just establish that 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 omega is going to be staying with the team yep exactly you know and that was its mission and it did it well like it had a little story around it it had some exposition of character it had some you know introduction of other characters that might be somewhere uh, uh reapplying like being in the mix down the road things like that like dave filoni like here's the one thing that i'll always say about Star Wars cartoons and and the like is that if you think that there's a filler episode and I'm not even going to suggest that with this one but if you think there's a filler episode it can bite you in the butt but everybody cuz remember space whales. Yep. So That's, I'm just, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Same. There's there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on there. But as we mentioned earlier we're going to start with the little rabbit hole that you dug yourself into over the weekend. Um, I haven't finished it yet, but I do know more or less what happens uh, because of the comics. Uh, and, you know, I, while there are differences, I think that I can uh, 
add to the conversation. But we are talking about Mark Miller's Jupiter's Legacy. You know, it's kind of funny because, like, I was talking to my friend last night, and she mentioned that she was going to start Jupiter's Legacy. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I, let me know what you think. I haven't started it yet at this point. Um, and uh, she's like, so far, so good. Um, and because she's kind of like a, 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 a half geek, uh, you know, so if I name stuff, she'll, uh, she'll know what I'm talking about. But she's, you know, not. Uh, like if you throw a name like Mark Miller, she won't know everything that he's worked on. So I'm like, oh, he's like worked me. on Ultimate. Yeah, he's worked on Ultimate X-Men, Ultimates, Ultimate Fantastic Four. He wrote Civil War, Kick-Ass, Kingsman, Wanted, etc. You know, and as I'm naming this and I, I did the same with you and I'm like, holy shit, this guy is insane. Yeah. And you know what? I, I even went out and I um I pulled the Wolverine Old Man Logan uh, issue that he wrote that wasn't the run right it wasn't the run old man logan it was a wolverine supersized issue that he wrote and i i downloaded that on my marvel app just i i've queued it up i've also like i fell into this hard right i i tried not to do the binge watch yeah i really really tried to watch two episodes and then two episodes, and then two episodes, not even realizing if it's eight, ten episodes, whatever. And after the first night, I talked to you a little bit about it, and I went on to my comiXology and bought the entire run in graphic novel form. It came to be like be like 50 bucks. And I'm like, yeah. I don't care. Like, I, I, I honestly want to finish watching the, the first season. And then I want to go and read the whole run of this just because I want to know where other seasons are going to go, if there are other seasons and things like that. So, yeah, I, I couldn't resist it yesterday. I just caved. I, I went out and I got my Fauci ouchie shot and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to be lazy and I'm going to finish off Jupiter's Legacy. And man, I am impressed. Mm -hmm. I am very impressed. And I know that you were so excited for the show and I kept on asking you, what's it called? And then, sure enough, my phone started blowing up Thursday or Friday whenever Netflix was either recently dropped it or whatever their release schedule was like. But they're, like, sending me message upon message upon email upon everything. Like, there's something you might like. It's called Jupiter's Legacy. You should check this out, Phil. I'm like, wow. Okay, that, that really nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I liked everything about it. I liked that. It is a new universe. I like that it establishes that universe very well. But I think we're also conditioned for this type of show from The Boys. Yes. And from Invincible. Yes. And things like that. Because one of the downfalls that I find with some of these other productions, like, you know, when we're talking about The Flash and we're talking about Teen Titans and we're talking about all these different shows, Green Arrow. I already feel the intimidation factor if I'm not totally wound in on what these characters are or I haven't read every single comic book appearance of them. I feel like I'm missing out on those shows. If that makes sense as an audience. It's the geek intimidation factor. The, the geek fee of entry is too high. Like, God forbid somebody's trying to watch Star Wars for the first time. I, you know, I, I totally get on the other side that I'm the elitist idiot that 
that's gatekeeping that in either by talk or by just sheer dominance or ownership of the product. But in the comic book world, that shoe slips to the other foot. Yeah. And, you know, I, I even talked with a friend who basically echoed exactly what I told you a few weeks ago on the show. And that was that she's already to the point where she thinks the MCU is too complicated. Mm-hmm. She just wants to go and watch the Avengers again because that was fun and it didn't feel complicated. And that's what shows like this are really good at doing for now is taking everybody. Yeah. Is taking everybody and saying, Hey, look, we're all starting at ground zero. Even if you read the comic, you might have a leg up if you read the comic, but it's not going to ruin it for everybody else type thing. Unless mm-hmm. you go and try to ruin it. <laughs> Which I recommend you don't. Yeah. But I, I think that that's one of the key factors of success with with a, an adoption of a franchise like this into something like a Netflix series. I, I just think that that's a really good advantage because, yeah, when you're looking at stuff, oh, yeah, it's only 23 movies that I'm going to watch and then I can watch Endgame. You know, there are people who feel that way. Mm-hmm. In in the audience, I'm sure, and a lot of my friends felt that way. And you know what? They went through and watched it all on Disney Plus to yep. their credit. Exactly. This is the thing. There, there's a couple things there. So, yes, you know, the MCU is at a point, and it's hard to find jumping on point now, right? Like, you can easily say the beginning of each phase is jumping on point, but there's reasons why it's not. Um, you know, and 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 that's fine. Now. The other thing that kind of is daunting to a lot of people, and I know this is an issue that a lot of people have, is, you know, you someone asks me, what TV show should I watch? And I typically tell them, hey, you should try Titans. Because to me, Titans isn't in this insane world. Like, there's a lot going on. You know the basics. You know who Robin is. You probably know who Dick Grayson is. You for sure know who Batman is. That's the basics. Everyone else... Yeah. You can kind of learn. Um, The issue with that, though, is that, you know, some people want to take a step even further back. And that's why having a show like this is fantastic. Like this, like The Boys, like Invincible, you know, because you, as you said earlier, you can start at ground zero with everyone. We're on level playing field right now. And that's fantastic. Um, You know, and, and... and the other thing is, is like, you know, I think a lot of people are a little tired with the overall um, superhero, uh, you know, basic storyline. I think people are getting a little tired of the tropes. I know that I used to joke around and I always will and continue to joke around with Tyler about that. I always say he doesn't like superheroes. And by that, we just mean kind of like it's just like it's this huge embedded world and you have to have known these for years. And, you know, it's 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 the whole level playing field, as I was saying before. Um, But, you know, now it's this is kind of like a new genre of superhero shows where it's like a little more grounded in a sense, you know, because, you know. Because comics aren't political and whatnot, um, you know, you you get these real life uh, tropes, you get these real life stories, you get this real life feeling, and what I really enjoy about Jupiter's Legacy is the fact that you see, you know, from generation to generation, the way that superheroes are perceived, the way that superheroes act, and the way that superheroes are changes 
similar to how humanity changes. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I, I think it's, you know, the superhero with a touch of realism. We're not everyone is going to be this superman not everyone is going to be this virtuous um you know holier than thou character and then you have the opposite of that which is like batman and he's like angry and he's like emo and the guy just can't get over the fact that his parents passed away when he was a kid right so (laughs) i like the fact that we finally have a show or many shows or a sub genre of the superhero genre that's like this. That's a little more grounded in the sense that you see that um, that political influence, that real world influence, actually in the storylines, and you get that 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 bi generational influence that happens among families, among humanity, among friends, and that's actually at play here. Because with again, you know, in these episodes, we're not going to be giving away everything, but you know, it essentially is a story of. You know the, the 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 new school versus the old school and how they clash. Yeah, and they really have to reconcile the idea that there is that undertone from the parents who had earned the powers, and we see that protracted story throughout the season. All right, I'm not gonna like we know they have powers. It's not really a, a spoiler per se, but you will see how they get those powers. Um. And then the resentment of the kids just basically were born with them, right? And didn't have to earn them. And that really is the crux of a lot of the story in this, or a lot of the tension, at least. Because earning versus the 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 just inherited, yeah. Yeah. Because because you know the father always has to go and tell his son and his daughter that you can't. This is the code. This is what you got to do. You can't kill people you can't be the judge and the jury you've got to you know basically take these people as prisoners and we don't enact death or do the sentencing ourselves that that is up to society to do and i i thought that that was interesting because it it is a big focus and it is a big point of conflict between him and his son and even him, uh, him and his daughter which i thought the daughter was a weird casting choice but just not weird bad just different i didn't expect her to look like that as an adult and they cast her in and and you know what it ended up working out well i was a little bit hesitant about it but and sometimes early on in the show the family dynamic thing that they have to play with felt a little bit too fast to me but i get it in the context of the season now and i get it in the the story that they did tell and Here's the funny thing about all this. I don't like the 1920s and 1930s era stuff that much. It's it's always been a thing that I'm kind of passe on. I really dug the story on mm-hmm. on that timeline. I really was into it. Very interesting. I, I guess it, I guess it comes down to how well it's done. And maybe there's a whole bunch of crappy stuff I've watched that's based out of that timeline where maybe they cut corners or it just didn't resonate well with me. But in this movie or in this show, it, it sat well with me. I was happy. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. yeah and I so- thought, I thought the production value by, by Netflix was fantastic. Yeah. I, th- I think that almost, and, and a lot of the actors and actresses, I don't really know them, which I thought was really nice. They weren't people that I have any expectation from so i was really 
pleased with their performances. And the dude who plays the brother, the psychic guy, I'm sorry, I don't know the names because I wasn't really sure we were going to be talking about it. But, and I'm just recently like sweating out what I've absorbed. Um, the guy who played the brother, I think would make a fantastic Magneto. I don't know why, but the yeah. minute I saw him and I'm just like, there's something about that guy's charisma that he'd make an excellent Magneto in a Marvel, you know, MCU universe. Yeah. I just, uh, just couldn't shake that feeling, that vibe that, yeah. you know, sometimes it just comes at you and you go, oh yeah, put him in the purple, put him in the purple. <laughs> so it's kind of funny too, because when you do actually see him in his superhero suit. It's very much a Magneto style suit. Yeah, it's like a cross between Magneto and um, and uh, Homelander. Yeah, and you know, even even that the, the main character, the Utopian, his suit and you know, and uh, his son, right, Paragon or whatever, uh, their whole thing reminded me a little bit of with the Utopian. It was like uh, uh, Invincible's dad. Yeah. With the Omega Man and and with uh with the sun being Paragon, it was just like Homelander. Yeah, <laughs> just those were the images that they evoked, right? And yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, and yeah, and Lady Liberty, I got a little bit of crush on her too. Just gonna <laughs> say it. I love it. Hilarious. She did really well in the in the show, though. I I thought that all the character dynamics ended up working out really well and balancing out. Mm-hmm. So, so stick with it if you've tried it. There you go. I'm almost done. I'm about halfway through, um, and I absolutely loved it. I didn't sleep because I was watching episode after episode last night, um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, you know, not there hasn't been a second season announced just yet, but the assumption is that will be announced because everyone expects uh, Jupiter's Legacy Part Two to be. Um, put on Netflix and then Jupiter Circle 1 and 2 to have its own Netflix representation. So we'll see what happens overall. Now, what's interesting, though, is just the sheer number of Miller work that is going to end up on Netflix. So right now, um, you know, this is the Miller world. Uh, so right now we have Jupiter's Legacy that is out uh, in uh, shows and movies in development. You have Super Crooks, where that's going to be an anime series, and right now it is in production. Uh, so you know, so, so that that's I know I read it. I just don't recall too much of it. Uh, American Jesus is also in development. Uh, we have the Magic Order. We have uh, a spy series that hasn't been announced just yet. We have Reborn. Uh, we have Sharky the Bounty Hunter, which is going to be a movie. We have Huck, which is going to be a movie. We have Empress, which is going to be a movie. We have Prodigy, wow. which is going to be a movie. We have Space Bandits, which is freaking awesome, which we don't know what it's going to be just yet. So that's all the Mark Miller, the Miller World um, stuff coming to Netflix. Well, I can tell you, uh, th- when you get to the last episode, it very much suggests there's going to be a second season it's just a question of if and when netflix get to green light this so again the recommendation would be to anybody out there stream it now rather than find out about it later if the second season doesn't get greenlit right yeah because not enough eyeballs 
saw it in the time frame that Netflix decides that that's how they evaluate the success or failure of a show. Yep. That's exactly. the only reason why I say that. So if you think it's going to be something that you could take a, a gamble on or, you know, whatever the situation may be, do a quick watch of it now and do a deep dive on it later because you'll thank yourself. If you get a second season and a third and a fourth follow-up here, it's well worth it. Yep, I And agree. I'm very excited to see more of this stuff of what this guy's done. I obviously have enjoyed what he's already produced in the Old Man Logan stuff, and I'm going to specifically go back and take an interest in Tracing Miller's stuff this way. Yep. So, yeah. I, here I thought it was like the, the Frank Miller, man. <laughs> when you're no. like Miller, and I'm like, what? <laughs> no, no. Another Miller. Someone just as prolific, in my opinion, though. Like, this guy is just mm-hmm. insanely good. But, uh, so yeah, so Jupiter's Legacy, check it out while it's out. Check it out sooner rather than later because I want to see a second season because I so far enjoy what I like, and it sounds like Phil enjoyed it all. So that's that. All right, Phil, so that's Jupiter's Legacy. What else have you watched? Have you seen? What else do you want to talk about? Uh, I've started a bunch of shows, obviously. I, 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 like we were talking about, I feel like Netflix struggled through that pandemic and the shooting schedules that they had to do. And now it feels like this crescendo of, of episodes are coming out of things. So my content is a little low. Thanks to Jupiter's legacy, completely occupying my eyeballs, but I'm looking forward to there's, We've got a lot of stuff in front of us, put it that way. Like between the animated segment that that Netflix are, are running with and some of the other shows, I don't know how well I'm going to enjoy them. I, mm-hmm. I really don't. They might they might be the the teenager kind of shows that have a fantasy aspect to them or another world that they're trying to explore. And they might pan out. They might not. We'll see. Um, really, like the majority of my time is, you know, guiltily on Bad Batch <laughs> and 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 video gaming, man. <laughs> yeah. What have you been watching? I've been watching quite a bit off and on. So uh, I guess like one of the things that I recently watched was um, The Serpent. Serpent. That was a lot of fun. Um, so that's about that. Uh, the Murderer. Uh, true story, murderer from the 70s who did his mm. thing in Asia with a bunch of hippies and backpackers. Uh, so that was that. And uh, yeah, like Dark, that man. was that was a lot of fun. Like it's a really good, really fucked up um, uh, story. And, um, you know, it's crazy to think that that was a real thing. Uh, so the serpent is a lot of fun just eight episodes and that's it that same week i watched something called the innocent the innocent is a um a spanish series again it's only a limited series it is based off of a book again called the innocent and i gotta say that it was so well done because every episode and every cliffhanger really kept you hanging but if you're the type of person that got pissed off in the storytelling of The Last of Us 2, where there's a obvious cliffhanger and you don't get back to that cliffhanger until much later, much down the line, this show is not for you because they do this quite often. But I just loved it because it brought everything together in a nice, neat little package. Um, 
So that was called The Innocent. It's a Spanish show. Yes, there are English subtitles. It's English dubbed. So, you know, if that's your thing, you can watch it in whatever language yeah. you want. There's um, a lot of good stuff coming out of Spain. Yeah, tons, 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 tons. Um, the other thing I tried to watch was that uh, true crime documentary, The Sons of Sam. I only got an episode and a half in. It was just super slow. It was just really bad. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I well, didn't like it too much. That's interesting. I, I, I can't do true crime like you can, man. <laughs> like, it to be, again, really good in order for me to get into it. And usually I find it's a little bit too dark for me. But on the counterpoint of that, I did watch a healthy portion of the Mitchells versus the Machines. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, that seems to be hitting my, my Twitter feed. A lot more than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. So it's um it's gaining a lot of eyeballs. Like it it it's another one of those things that popped up, and they said I'd probably be interested in it. And damn it, they're right. Like it, it's Lord Miller do it. So I'm kind of surprised by that. So these would be the guys that brought us the magic of Toy Story and Toy Story Two, and we're originally and Twenty One Jump Street. And they were originally supposed to be uh, doing um, Solo, a Star Wars story, and got pulled off that, as yeah. we all know. So, and and they also helped out with uh, the Spider Verse movie, the Amazing Spider Man movie, there, the animated one. So, I'm finding that that's all right. I'm going to finish it up soon. Yeah, but, interesting. Because uh, so far, so good. Yeah, my friend, she tried watching it. She, you know, for her, it's always hard to find something that both her and her kid like. Um, Obviously, and that's appropriate. So she tried watching that, and they both didn't like that. So, um, but I've heard great things about it. So I'm not shocked that you liked I, it and that she didn't. I stopped watching it because I got annoyed with it. Interesting. I'll be honest. Like, it does some things early on that are funny, and it does some things that downright annoyed the crap out of me. Yeah. So I was having a real tough time. I'm like, what the hell is this garbage? Like, get it off of here. I was just in my, I'm not in the mood for this type thing. And I figured that it was a one trick pony. I figured that I pigeonholed it in 20 seconds. And I'm like, nope, this is just shit, shit. Like, sorry, people, but it's just garbage. It happens, man. Like, honestly, it, like, I have this weird thing with Netflix that I really need to be in the mood. To watch something sometimes yeah. like it's just really weird and um yeah it is what it is right like like i will go back was, and, and watch stuff but yeah i don't know yeah i it was twitter's persistence on it that put me back to it and the nothing that i'm reading on twitter is echoing any of the information that i just told you which would all be things that would instantly pull me into that show mm-hmm. or into that movie because I'd be like, hmm, I wonder what Lord Miller really do up to here and things like that. I'm not seeing the accreditation for it. I'm just seeing the fanfare and the volume of fanfare that I saw on Twitter was just like, I have to look at this a little bit deeper. And then I started scraping away all these little nuggets. Yeah. And then I'm watching the show and I give it more than five minutes. Yeah. Let's just be honest here. And then I realize, oh, crap, there's a really cute, endearing story. That's happening. And I think it's going to be hilarious. Like, it's just the sense of humor caught and it lessened on the stuff that annoyed me. It was, it was more so the, they were memifying the movie. Right. And that annoyed me. Right. Right. That really annoyed me. 
because I was mm-hmm. just like, this is a one trick pony. This is this is a meme inside of a movie that's that's basically sitting there to alienate an older audience and completely capitulate itself to a younger audience. And that that was enough to turn old man Phil off. Yeah. But I do like comedy. I do like these these extreme situations. I do like the narrative of the machines versus man. Like it's better than zombies right now for me because I just need something that's not horror inspired to be the motivator. Even in the cartoon, the animation's cute. Yeah. So it's fun seeing an animated movie that's not Disney. Yeah. I hate to say it. Like, not that there's I know, anything I know wrong what you mean, though. I know exactly or, what you mean. Yeah. Like, the, the, Disney has this thing, right? Where I feel like Disney's purpose right now is to kick you in the balls, kick you in the heart, right? Like, get you. Get you crying. That's 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 Disney's goal. Have you seen? This is a tangent, but have you seen the Marvel, uh, 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 little trailer reel that they released, where they they ended up with the Fantastic Four reveal? Yeah. I cried like a freaking baby through that because they got <laughs> Stan Lee, they got all these moments with Groot, they've got every single ball kicker moment in the history of these 23 films yeah jammed into two minutes of so well done movie trailerism and these are all films that i've seen but they managed to evoke all of the nostalgia all of the heartstrings and everything obviously i'm exaggerating when i say i'm bawling but i'm telling you there was wetness on my face there was a bit of moisture where i'm like oh man this is like too much over the top like like the Stan Lee commentary and everything was just daggers, man. Oh. Yeah. And it, it's funny that you like in that stuff because it's true. You watch an animated movie and yeah, I'm look at Toy Soul, Story man. 4. Look at Soul. Look at uh Up. 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 Yeah. The first 20 like, minutes of Up. If you're not crying in the first 20 minutes of Up, you are not human. Yeah, you have no soul. Yeah. <laughs> you should go watch Soul. And exactly. Then- <laughs> Like it's ridiculous. Um, couple other, true. couple other things that I watched. Um, also on Netflix, I spent. I've been spending a lot of time on Netflix. Uh, I know I watched some stuff on Prime. I just don't remember what it was. Uh, must have not been as good because this is something that I really enjoyed. Um, so it's a Netflix original. Recently came out. It's called Love and Monsters. Phil, you should watch. Oh, it. I've watched it. Like- oh. I watched that. That came out a year ago. I'm waiting for Love of Monsters 2 right now because that is a freaking fantastic show. Yeah. Unbelievable. Especially those first, like... Oh, no. Hold four. on. You're you're thinking of some Love and Robots. Love and Robots. Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Love and Monsters. Uh-oh. Love and Monsters. It's a movie. Recently came out. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Gotta watch it. Yep. Came out 2021. So basically, humanity, everyone lives in a bunker. Uh, the guy misses his ex-girlfriend, and he goes out oh, to try no. to get her. Oh, okay, I thought it was going to do something else. No. There, there, there's a lot to it, but I don't want to give anything away. It's got this um, zombie land, uh, like, this zombie land charm to it. Nice. Oh, I got to check that out, man. Love and Monsters, yeah. Love and Monsters, of, yeah. I know exactly Love and Robots. I want Love and Robots too, man. I'm telling yeah. you. There's some then, weird stuff that I've fallen into on Netflix too, so I oh, totally get oh, it. Oh, yeah, 100%. And then the 
other the last thing that I watched this was yesterday morning it was called uh, in the shadow of the moon it was interesting movie so it, it is one of those uh, sci-fi time traveling whodunits kind of like looper and things like that right it was nice. a lot of fun it was a lot of fun basically a a murderer comes back every nine years what's uh, what's their goal? Why are they doing this? And who are they? Like the sounds of that. Well, that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Like I know that there's been some stuff on on Prime to give them a little bit of love. There's a new Bruce Willis movie called Breach that kind of caught my attention on it. I have to finish it. I started it though just to put it in my queue, and I've talked about it as well. Uh, Stowaway, which I think is on Netflix in the states right now but it's on prime here in Canada. So yeah. those are some sci-fi ish movies that are catching my attention. I don't know if they're going to pan out. It's, it's always a gamble with yeah. these types of shows, but uh, definitely sounds like love of monsters is going to be right up my alley. Yeah. 100%. Um, so on prime, there is something called, and I'm about halfway through, and it's called Tell Me Your Secrets. It's uh, like one of those weird psychological thrillers. Um, it's pretty fucking messed up. Let me tell you that. I, I don't even know how to how to describe this show. I'm not done, so possibly next week I'll talk about it a little more. But so far, I'm liking it, but I know that it's going to be really, really heavy very soon. Yeah, those those types of it's funny how Prime get those types of shows like the Mr. Robots and stuff like that here cuz it can get pretty messed up pretty fast. Yeah. It's funny cuz there's a there's a Tom Clancy movie on I'm I'm not even going to pretend to know what it is, but it ran ads relentlessly for me because I do watch Tom Clancy from time to time. I started it, it's in my my thing. I started about 5 minutes in and I go, "You know who would like this? My 83-year-old dad." Oh, yeah. I put it on for him the other night, and oh my god, he was so happy. He's like, that's the best movie I've seen in a while. There was a lot of action. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's an hour and 49 minutes of just absolute action, apparently. I haven't seen this, and he's talking about Michael B. Jordan's Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Um, that's the Yep. Yep. I knew. It, it's just a matter of time before the ad comes up, but... Oh my gosh, was he ever impressed with that? And, uh, he just likes the mindless action. That's what it and is. He said and it's yeah. That's what I've heard. He said it was yes. very violent. <laughs> so hilarious. that's the 83-year-old man review. Very violent. It. That was good. I love and it. And he had the TV loud, man. Like it was rattling. <laughs> the house. Love it. It's so funny. And he, I tried so hard too. I was like, I have access to my friend's Plex and I'm like, how about this movie? How about this movie? And the problem with Plex is it doesn't try to do an algorithm or anything. Yeah. It's You have to know the name of the movie, right? And I'm like, I gave him Atomic Blonde because I recall that having a lot of action. And I come downstairs and I look at him. I go, what's going on? And he's like, I turned that one off. I, I decided to do something else. It's yeah, so that, funny playing That one game. had a lot of action, but it wasn't mindless, right? Yeah, I know. And it was a killer soundtrack like yes. with these movies the ones that get me are the ones that are going to be multifaceted it, i it's not just enough to have the one trick pony thing for yes. me it's got to be there's got to be another hook in there and that's why certain movies stick with me better than others so 
and it's very difficult for me to gauge, mm-hmm. like I say, given the constrictions of my father's movie choices, uh, to know what he's going to need to watch. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Oh, trust me, I'm well aware of this. All right, Phil, it's time that we move on and we talk about the main event, the thing that we promised everyone we were going to talk about, and that is Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 1, Episode 2, Cut and Run. So, as we mentioned at the top, I'm thoroughly enjoying this show. Um, I'm really liking what, what it's offering us. So, I would have to say the main thing that this is showing us is how the Empire became the Empire. Kind of how we went from, you know, the the, 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 the Galactic War, the Republic versus the Clones, um, or the Clones against the, uh, the Separatists. And, and, and it's showing us how the... The Empire really became the Empire, uh, you know, the, that we knew in Rogue One and A New Hope. You know, there's this huge gap of time and we just don't know exactly like, you know, what happened to the clones? What happened? Why are the ships so different from Clone Wars to A New Hope? You know, like and and, and over the past, what, five years, we've kind of been getting a few stories like Rogue One, uh, like um, uh, what's that video game called? Rebels. The video game. Oh, 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 Jedi Fallen Order. Fallen Order. You know, where where they try to really, and, and Rebels to a certain extent, where they try to kind of fill in the gap. But I think that this show is doing a fantastic job of doing that. Because, you know, they, at one point in this episode, they essentially say, money's no good anymore. Yeah, and it's interesting because I'm, I'm getting, I'm a little bit concerned about how quickly it's happening. Like, honestly, last week when we reviewed this episode, I hadn't had time to consider the timeline. Now, this is going to be something that takes approximately uh, 20 20 years to develop, right, this transition. So it's a lot of space to play in. Now, something I forgot to mention last week as well, and you brought it up and I didn't play off of it, was the fact that we see Kanan or Caleb as a youth in that. So that really would have helped me understand the transition of Saw Gerrera better because it gives you a total calibration point on what kind of arc we're looking at. Yeah. But how quickly the bleaching or the homogenization of the clones has happened because every single clone in the Imperial Army has no more markings. And one thing that really stood out to me when you're looking at the Bad Batch or you're looking at Commander Wolf, like all the other clones that were personalities from the Clone Wars. When you look at them in their totality, they all had custom armor. You know, one of the big lures to Ahsoka's return was all the troops painting their mask to be Ahsoka's orange and headdress, right? So it's a thing that it's amazing how quickly it's happened. I get that the Empire has the resources to make it happen. And I get that they're able to tune the chips that did the Order 66 were higher compliance and things like that. Like what they're giving us as an explanation in the Bad Batch is totally fair. It's just a shocking transition yep. because the the clones are literally becoming idiots, yep. right? Which was the idiots we all feared the Clone Wars was going to be and they developed those personalities and yeah. It's just there's a little bit of that kind of uneasiness. It'll it'll wear on me though, where I'm just gonna accept it. And 
as well the fact that they're all basically clones and they don't recognize one another. But they you know, did. The, they did. They did. They did in that one spot. But I also feel like these guys are going out of their way to do things that clones wouldn't do. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, they're growing funny facial hair. They're maybe dyeing yeah. their hair. They're doing anything that they can to really alter that appearance. And obviously, the guy is very good about putting the box yeah. over his shoulder to shroud his face. Stuff like yeah. that. So, it's all like, well done. It's well thought of. Like, it's I think, well thought out. I think that it's really well thought out. But I do agree that I think that the, just the, the, the sheer transition... Um, right now, as we're getting it, you know, can be a little, a little interesting, a little scary in the sense that maybe, like, you know, I don't want them to run out of ideas anytime soon, type thing. But I feel like there's a lot more going on, right? Like I feel like just because of how, um, uh, what's his name, Tarkin, uh, was in Camino, kind of underselling them, like that, you know. Yeah. I feel like possibly they just like. Made everyone dumb or something. I don't know. But, like, there's so much that can actually I, I, I think be explained, he's, right? He's definitely engineering it to be that. He's definitely doing special requests to condition them. Last week, it wasn't as jarring to me. Yeah. Because we had shock troopers everywhere. Yeah. And shock troopers are the ones with the red and white, right? So I'm like, okay, so basically what they're saying is, the best troopers are going to be shock troopers, and the shock troopers predate the Emperor's Guard. They're supposed to be, like, the Emperor's Elite. Yep. So that's why the Emperor's Guard is red, I think. Anyhow, it, it's, it, it satisfied me there, and then this week was all just homogenized clones. Yep. Right? Straight white armor, Here's straight the thing. lace. Uh, I also think that you, you're not going to get so much every week right like mm-hmm. i think i i just let's give it the first four or five episodes and see how the oh yeah goes, right? i'm i'm totally i'm totally in it's just shocking to me how quickly they could expunge it yes but at the same rate it's important for the story in order to identify the the you know and further expose the bad batch to how much their order has changed how much it isn't the republic anymore yeah and that's what they're playing off of like like, let's face it, in a cartoon, you have to be heavy-handed. Yeah. All right? Because you could have little kids watching. You could have various age groups. And you need to be able, you need to be, you know, forward with the story and exaggerate things a lot in cases. And this is one of those things where they're you also taking need, an artistic you know, liberty. Yeah, artistic liberty. And you also have to give enough that a child is going to understand and enjoy this and think it's cool and be bought in and buy in and whatever. And enough um, actual content and meat. For the adults watching it with them. Yep. And shockingly, again, all right, I saw a lot of stuff about the dad batch. I saw a lot of stuff about all that and and people embracing this stuff. I haven't seen a lot of pushback. Okay, so you brought it up. I was going to bring it up in a little bit because I did have another question for you, but let's bring this up. So, you know, there have been a lot of parallels, especially when you take a look at the timing of, you know, this is the transition from the Clone Wars to the rise of the uh, the Galactic Empire, and then Mandalorian is essentially the fall of the Galactic Empire to the rise of the New Republic. Um, you know, and there's a lot of parallels because you have essentially Omega in this show, you have Baby Yoda and Man and Mandalorian, and it's this you know the, the, this father son dynamic. Do you think 
do you feel like Disney, Star Wars, Dave Filoni is just like going to the the same well one too often times, one too many times? It it's possible it might be a concern, but I think in the the grand scheme of things, Star Wars has always been about family. Yes, if you look at you know like even Christian Beaver's new book Skywalker: uh, Family at War, it's it's identifying those stories, right? It's that's it's part of the space soap opera that draws us all into it, right? Yeah. So the fact that Kylo Ren is Ben is, is Han Solo's son, you know what I mean? Is Ben Solo? The fact that we all wanted Ray to be a part of something, and they ended up doing it in the end, which I don't think was as great as maybe some of the other stuff fans came up with, but such is life, right? Um, it's always been a core component of Star Wars, so I don't really feel the the thing that I'm most worried about with Dave Filoni and his production is that he's so well attuned to George Lucas's ideology and and storytelling that he's never going to push a boundary. Because I feel like right now Dave is doing things in a lot of safe ways, and Disney are obviously happy with it because they're getting the product, they're getting the products. They're getting the tie-ins. They're getting the authenticity that they wanted with the the pre, with the sequel movies, and now they're getting it through this TV show, which meets up very well with Disney Plus, right? So they know they have this asset. It's just that I just wonder, you know, Dave's biggest leap of of faith here has been to transition into live action in The Mandalorian, and they've kid gloved that so well that. Dave's becoming this master of it, but I don't know that Dave's pushing himself in any way. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting that he needs to go out there and make American graffiti or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not not trying to say he needs to get outside of his comfort zone or tell a story from his youth or do something that's going to push him that way or, or become this live-action behemoth. But I'm just saying it's a danger sign that I see. Of course. Because he's telling such great star wars stuff yeah. and i don't know that he's really expending a lot of gray matter doing it it's just he's just good at it here's the thing right if he's good at it and it's good and it's bringing in ratings or whatever you want to call and like interest and selling merch then who the fuck cares yeah as long as he's happy that i yeah. just want to i just want to be the guy that that puts it that way is my concern is about dave as an artist yes right dave filoni yeah, yeah. as an artist that's where I'm couching this from. I just, we all like to have growth. And yeah. I don't know how much growth he's getting in this in yeah. this type of environment. But he is getting it with Mandalorian with live action. So, you know, he's pushing the boundaries. He's working in, in, in those sets and making stuff happen that probably he's dreamed of seeing his entire life. Exactly. And I'm sure that he's going to be given opportunities within, you know, the Star Wars world that, you know, we're going to... Uh, see some more live action stuff from him or a movie or something. We don't know what the plans are. Right? Or maybe he's just super happy where he's at. Like, Yeah, it, it is possible. It is possible he's just getting to tell the stories in the universe. The funny thing, though, that I was bringing up about the Bad Batch and the harmonization of the army, it's so funny, though, because in The Mandalorian, we're seeing stormtroopers that are adding color and custom yeah, paint. That's what I mean. <laughs> their it's, it, there's a lot of parallels. Like, it's just like... This is the growth, the beginning of the Empire, and Mandalorian is the end of the Empire. So it's kind of interesting to kind of see 
the parallels in both shows and kind of how things happen. And these are timelines that I really, 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 really enjoy. Um, and I kind of want to see more. Uh, but this episode is pretty simple at the end of the day. Like, you know, they need to essentially get a new ship and they need to get the fuck out of the planet and help well, friends get out of planet. Yeah, they have to get their friends on this ship. They have to figure out these code things, these code chains. And uh, you know that that was a little bit funny where they come to tech and they're like, "Can you figure it out?" Well, I've never heard of it before, but sure. Yeah. I'm like, "Give me a break." Like, "Oh man, well, the balls his, on this guy." His thing was, <laughs> "I just heard about it, but I can give it a shot." Yeah. Well, he didn't say he could give it a shot. He said he could do it. <laughs> he said like, he could give it a shot. Man, it's it's just hilarious to me, like the balls of this guy. So, anyhow, um, yeah, and they 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 obviously had to get their ship out of impound because of a dumb mistake that they made, not realizing that Omega was on the ship and all that kind of stuff. And you know that's that's a cartoon, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, right? Like we've got an idea. Let's just go and and get captured, and then yeah. we're going to be in the Imperial compound. And that you know, don't run the idea to your manager don't don't let your commanding officer know hey wouldn't it be a great idea if no 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 just go do it and then yep. force them to go and break you out like yep aye, 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 aye. there's yep. so many little foibles like that but i guess that's it's the a cartoon. growth of the it's a team cartoon. It's, a it's a cartoon it's a cartoon it's not mandalorian yep. no i i really like i really like the shuttle yep. i'm really thinking it's gray i think there's a lot of lego community news because the shuttle's kind of bluish in the lego set that they announced last week Yep. And there's a lot of fierce debate because I nearly creamed my jeans when I saw that opening shot and they were in hyperspace and that thing looked exactly like the Lego. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Lego got it right. And then you go to a neutral planet with a neutral sun and it's like, it's gray. <laughs> it's blue. It's gray. Yeah. It's blue. So maybe I've, I have to think of that model as it's in hyperspace. There, there <laughs> you go. Um, I really enjoyed the mention of Rex in this episode. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good to see like there's Captain Rex and 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 whatnot. It's good to see these people coming back. Like even in Saw Gerrera, seeing the Caleb story, which was different than the comic one, but whatever. Yeah. It's um, there's some really nice payoffs and potentials down the road. Just like there wasn't Rebels pulling back some of the Clone Wars stuff into Rebels, and in the context of that, it it's going to be a great joy to see that. And I look forward to seeing stuff that goes into the future, more into that zone of between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Where we're going to get to see Hera and Jason and stuff like that too, right? Like, And, and we're going to get the Ahsoka TV show. We're going to get the Rangers TV show. We're going to get all this content in that time period yep. to further explore it. But really both are positioned, like you're saying, with about a twenty-year time frame to to yep. do whatever the heck they want, and you know, I'm I'm right now really interested in the character of Omega. Like, who is she? What is she doing there? What does she know? What's her purpose? Yeah, because they did mention that this week that every clone has a purpose. Yeah, and I think it's funny that she took off her headpiece too. Yes, and I don't know if that's going to have any significance. Yep, so because apparently the Caminos, the Caminos don't do anything for no reason. Yeah. So, how about that, mate? Let's go get Rekka and pull something off of the ship. All right. There we go. Bad I magic. love it. Fucking love it. 
It's fun. It's a good show, right? It is. What it it is. is. It's fun. I, but I'm also I know with cartoon Star Wars is that you can have fun with cartoon Star Wars. You can you can have a little joke, a laugh at it, right? Exactly. All right, Phil. It's that time of the day. Let our listeners know where and how they can get a hold of us. Hey, if you want to talk to us about Ryan Johnson Star Wars, or you know that Palpatine is actually the grandfather of Ray. You can reach us at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe basically anywhere where you find podcasts. You're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. And uh, be sure to basically subscribe, leave a rate and review if the platform supports it, as we greatly appreciate any and all feedback. And as always, I want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen to us prattle on on the podcast. Thanks, Phil, and thank you to all of our listeners for listening to us constantly, for sending in those messages, sending in the emails, subscribing, whatever it is that you do, however you connect with us. I just want to thank you for connecting with us regardless. Um, Yeah, we'll be back on Sunday for a new news episode of the It's Gonna Podcast, and the next week, next Wednesday, we'll be back talking you know, all things TV, all things comics, and basically it's our review segment. Uh, so that's how it's going to be over the next few weeks. We hope that you enjoy. We hope that you had fun because we surely had fun talking for the past 57 minutes. It's the It's Canon Podcast. He's Phil. I'm Boris. Good night. <laughs>